to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are here for our second divisional round game preview, and this time it's a turn of the Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And with me, I've got a returning guest from last week's episode. Back with me is 49ers fan Paul. How are you, mate? I'm feeling purdy damn good, Andy. Purdy damn good, buddy. Thanks for having me back on again. Well, you've used that joke twice now, so I mean, I think you need a new joke for next week. <laughs> While it works, Brock Purdy's the man. Keep I used rolling, to say, yeah. I used to say, feeling great, baby, but G- Jimmy G vibes and that. See Scott thinking, oh god, it's going to be a long show with this cow. <laughs> <laughs> And then on the flip side, we didn't get a Cowboys fan on last week when we had Murph on for the Buccaneers episode, but we have a Cowboys fan with us this week. You may know him from the Irish punt. This is Scott McCabe. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for the intro there, Andy. Appreciate it. Yeah, ready to talk some ball and ready to boast about how good the Dallas Cowboys really are and why they're going to win this game because I don't feel the love. I don't feel like we're getting enough love and I think we deserve it. So I can't wait to get into this one, but thanks for having me on. So American listeners listening, um, the UK Cowboys fans are as annoying as the American fans. Ah. They're as confident about their team as those American fans are. Um, speaking of your fandom, Scott, we'd like to ask all of our new guests similar questions when they first appear on the show. Um, what made you a Dallas Cowboys fan? It's a very good question. Uh, so my dad is a Chiefs fan. Um, and I didn't really want anything to do with the Alex Smith era because they weren't very good back then. So I was like, yeah, I, I'm not going to follow them. Um, and I was 14. We went on a trip across America and we stopped off in AT&T Stadium. And from that moment onwards, seeing the stadium, seeing the bright lights, seeing Jerry World itself in person, life changing moments. So from then on, I've been a Cowboys fan. I stayed up very late. I remember I was in school the next day to to watch Ezekiel Elliott be drafted and, you know, Dak Prescott come in. I'll never forget that rookie year that the two of them had. They were on fire. Um, I wouldn't say Zeke's on fire right now, but Dak certainly is. So, um, yeah, but that, that's where it all started, age of 14. And to be honest, though, I haven't seen my team make it to an NFC Championship in my lifetime. So it'll be quite nice to, uh, to see that this week. So we'll see. Well, I've not seen my team win a playoff game, so I think that's yourself <laughs> lucky in that sense. Um, have you been? Have you been on stadium tour at the AT and T Stadium? Yeah, we went to the stadium tour at the time. It was Tony Romo, Jason Witten. You had your your big name guys, Des Bryant, Des caught it as well as I like to call it. But uh, yeah, no, it was a it was it was a great experience. And, and from then on, it's just been like something I've been obsessed with. And and seeing the team, but I mean, talk about ups and downs. That's the been the definition of the Cowboys throughout the number of, of years it's, it's been painful for us fans we we feel like we're on the cusp of something and we just don't quite make it so uh so last year I was quite quite crazy with a few of my predictions the last time the Cowboys played the 49ers I was so confident that the Cowboys were going to win that I said if the Cowboys lost I would jump into the Irish Sea wearing nothing but a cowboy hat we all know how that ended the Cowboys did lose that game and I nearly got frostbite but I didn't I survived and uh yeah it was, it was a you know what? I learned my lesson not to be overly confident in your team. So I'm confident, <laughs> but I'm not overly confident coming into this weekend. Is there, is there footage on Twitter or Instagram of, of this jump at all? Unfortunately, there is footage of the jump. Yeah, there is. And I don't think that'll ever leave me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've been to I went there this season, went to the Colts game, the one where you won by so many points, went to the stadium tour the next day. And I think if anyone who didn't watch my um, Eurotrips video, where I did rank NFL stadiums for atmosphere, I had that stadium in elite in the elite category because 
it, I just found it extraordinary. I mean, I knew about it for years. I always wanted to go there ever since watching uh, Jack Mate and Will Brazier go there on YouTube for sport. And um, yeah, just watching that, being there, I mean, just the atmosphere. A lot. Of, I went to a lot of stadiums this year, and a lot of them were either really good atmosphere and not, you know, not, not the best stadium, but and, and sometimes other around good stage but not the best atmosphere but this had both for me and I think it's a, if you're a Cowboys fan listening or watching on YouTube this episode I think you have to go to that stage at some point because it's just it's really good and I think that it is and obviously went to the stage and tour as well got to go on the pitch caught a touchdown in the end zone did a little gritty um yeah it, it was it was amazing so um yeah really good and I've always sort of had a soft spot for the Cowboys anyway but I think um certainly that help that case even more so um and is there like a favorite player currently or maybe whether they've left so past Ooh. or present who is the one player yeah for your team who's been your favorite player since um since you followed the team all those years ago all those years ago ah, oh just a very good question i mean i would say zeke because i saw him get drafted i saw his journey i, saw, I remember watching it with my dodgy laptop when I was you know like 16 and it it was buffering and everything so I'd say Zeke Jason Witten I used to love watching him play Des Bryant all those kind of old guys that you, you just look at and go wow but um I'd say right now it's got to be Micah Parsons anytime he's on the pitch he makes a difference you can see it you can see it in the team uh, I believe he's a generational talent and watching him is always fun so I'd say Zeke and Micah Parsons would be my my top two guys I'd, I'd probably follow Pro- Zeke would probably just edge it though okay okay I mean, yeah, I, I think he's been one of my favourite players in the last few years since the running backs. I think Todd Gurley always stands tall for me. Derek Henry's getting close there now, but I think Zeke Elliott, I mean, ever since I've been watching the NFL, he's always been the guy, and I think that um, it's a shame to see him declining. But I think with Tony Pollard, you know, coming in now, I think it's given Zeke almost a new lease of life. And I think now he's, as of almost a second choice back, I think he certainly has had a sort of a somewhat good season. So I think... Hopefully he can be the hero in the, in the rest of the playoffs. Um, going into the game, also the Cowboys go into it as the fifth seed after beating the four seed Buccaneers in the last round, and then also the 49ers go into this game out of the, off the back of a win against the Seahawks after a troubling troubling first half or so. Um, they got the win in the end, um, and they come in as the second seed. Looking at the stats as well, the 49ers in the regular season still led the way with the most yards per game allowed, where the Cowboys were twelfth. The uh, 49ers have the second best run defense, whereas the Cowboys have the 22nd best, which I think could be a, um, a potential key factor in this game. And looking at offensively as well, very similar numbers 13th and 14th in passing offense, respectively, 7th seventh and 8th when it comes to the running game, 6th and 3rd, respectively, when it comes to the points they scored, and then 5th and 11th, respectively, cut into yards per game. So, very evenly matched when it comes to offensively. Um, we'll go to you first, Paul. Um, first of all, your thoughts on the win last week uh, after you predicted a win in the last episode we did. But also, you know, you come up against a much better opposition than the Seahawks and the Cowboys, particularly looking at the defensive side of things. How you mentioned, you mentioned Brock Purdy at the start. Um, how he, he looked a bit, for me, he looked a bit nervous in the first half. What's your take on what, how he can perform in this game? Well, I just want to start off by saying, Scott, you have to be optimistic with your team. It's what makes us fans similar to your journey. I remember watching Brian Hoyer. I remember watching the 2-14 and 14 season. So we're getting excited as 49er fans about Brock Purdy. Andy, you follow me on social media. You'll have seen the never-ending story of Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Jimmy G, Trey Lance. I'll be honest, when Brock Purdy came in, 
I didn't have high hopes. You know, he was a seventh round pick. I just wanted to get through that game against your Miami Dolphins. I was a bit critical of Brock in that game. When I went back and watched the game tape, I didn't like how he was rushing around. He didn't work through his progressions. And then every week, he just gets better and better. And as a fan of the 49ers, our defence has been up there all season as elite. But our offence has got better and better. And how can you not get excited watching this team? I mean, to answer your first question, I was at a mini-meet in Stockton on Tees on Saturday. So there was four or five 49er fans. There was a Seahawks fan. There was a couple of other uh, fans dotted around. I wasn't worried at halftime. The 49ers didn't play particularly well. The Seahawks played to the best of their ability and were only up by one point. And we came out firing on all cylinders. We could have put 60 points on the Seahawks. And I know Seahawks fans listening, probably you're saying, oh, yeah, you're saying that now. We won that game with ease. Now, I am excited for this game on Sunday. The Cowboys are not a hated rival of mine. So when I got into the sport, Scott, I used to live in Darlington, and I have a good friend, Chris Pollard, who was a Cowboys fan. He -hmm. was one of the people who got me into the NFL. And we used to do NFL Sundays at my house. And I remember a few years ago, the Cowboys rolled into Levi's when Zeke was Zeke, and you absolutely tore us a new one. Now, I am confident going into this game because I think my 49ers are better than they were last year. I remember sitting here this time last year thinking, oh, God, we're going up against the number one offence. You know, Jimmy G wasn't looking great with his shoulder. We only really had Debo Samuel. I look at this game on Sunday night and I think, CMC, that has to be the hands-down best in-season trade the NFL has ever seen. You've got George Kittle firing on all cylinders. You've got Debo Samuel coming off a big game. I mean, obviously, he had that injury. He came back against the Cardinals. He didn't look great, but it was a case of the calm before the storm because we all saw what Debo did on Saturday against those Seahawks. We're fired up. It's prime time. It's the lights at Levi's. It's this rivalry, like you said, Andy, you know, straight away, you think of the catch. And I think of my own fandom and I think of the Dallas Cowboys. Second year in a row, the 49ers are preparing to face the Cowboys in the playoffs. But I'm confident but equally, Scott, there's no hate on this side from me. My friend Chris has already been exchanging messages. He, like you, loves Micah Parsons. I'm obviously biased on this side, saying Nick Boss is the better player. You're obviously going to come at me with your viewpoint. But yeah, we can't take this Cowboys team lightly. Pollard has impressed me this year. I had him in many of my fantasy teams. Purely as a handcuff option at the start. And then each week he kept getting me more and more points. And I thought, why do I want to play him more? Uh, I'm a big fan of C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, like you said. For me, looking at the Cowboys team, Andy, slightly worried for them for the offensive line. I know they've had a couple of injuries. I know they're rejigging that around. And we all know in the playoffs, the game's won and lost in the trenches. And whilst Dak did look good against the Buccaneers, I think that's probably one of the worst playoff teams I've ever seen. And Mr. Brady... I mean, come on. <laughs> That's what we get thrown at us, Scott. Oh, you've played nobody. Look at the opposition you've played against. But we are not taking this team lightly. For me, we've had two extra days to prepare for the Cowboys. We didn't need to watch the game tape on the Buccaneers because we already battered them a couple of weeks ago. So I think Carl Shanahan has fully got this game and his radar, even before we knew we were playing you boys. Yeah, and if your mate, if he hasn't got a Tony Pollard jersey, I don't know what he's doing because if you've got a <laughs> player with the exact same surname as um as him, I think it's like you know the Andrew Manning from Franchise Tag Podcast. If he hasn't got any Iron Manning Giants top, um, then there's something wrong. But um, 
But yeah, I think Rob, and looking at, you mentioned before, beating quite easy opposition, looking at the schedule you had, I mean, the teams you beat, you know, the Rams who had five wins, the Panthers who had six, seven wins, the obviously Rams again, you had to beat the Cardinals, the Saints didn't make the playoffs, you beat the Buccaneers who were not a great playoff team, you beat the Seahawks, you know, the Commanders, the Raiders. So it's not as if Purdy has played anyone really, maybe except Miami, who's really been a team that's people fearing. When it, so I think, I think Purdy faces a massive test for me now in this game. How can he handle a team with Micah Parsons, a team with Leighton Van Der Esch, a team with all these these players on defence? I think that, for me, is a big thing. Purdy, as great as he's been, you know, we all seen players who start their careers off really well. Drew Locke is my classic example. Uh, five games in 2020, I think it was, or 2019, seven touchdowns, three picks. So I think a lot of callbacks do start off their careers quite well. I think Purdy, this is a big test for him now. He has to, if he can perform well in this game, then I think he is the real deal. But I, I, I can see that's my one, the one key thing I think that the Cowboys can help, can capitalise on to win this game. I think if they can put pressure on Purdy and make him uncomfortable, make him nervous. And I think putting Michael Parsons, if he can get through that O-line, I think that that for me, if he can get through that, I think that's a real feather in his cap. And I think that's a sign potentially that he is going to be the guy going forward. Um, back over to you, Scott. Um, first of all, Dak Prescott. I mean, I've been, you know, I mentioned on the podcast before, I've been one of his biggest critics. He's not turned up in a big game. And I will say he, he was sensational Monday night, but it was a game where the Buccaneers were terrible. And I think I've still want to see him in a situation where they're five points down, two minute warnings just gone, you know, 40 yard drive, win the game. And I think that's not something I've really seen yet from Dak. So in terms of this game, I think there will be a point. I can't see it not being the case where he isn't in a situation like this or something of similar nature. Um, what's your take on Dak? And that sort of, what well, that's all general dynamic that people have about Dak is his big game, ability um what's your take on him going into this game yeah i think honestly andy coming into this game i was chatting to friends pals nfl guys anyone who was sort of following the dak prescott this season and and previous seasons and for a lot of it we just as cowboys fans in myself i don't know what to make of him i really don't i'm like one week he'll come out and you'll be like that's why we paid him a huge contract that's why we secured him and then you'll get a performance like in the last week of the regular season against the Washington Commanders where you're sitting there and you're like, the offense can put up literally like six points. That's it. That's all we're getting. That's all we're getting out of our multi-million dollar quarterback. It's simply not good enough. So I think last week was a big game changer for us in terms of what we were expecting and how things were going to go. I, I, I didn't know going into that game if it would be Dak's last game. And that's very bold of me to say. But I think if he had a howler, if he had an absolute shocker through for two, maybe even three interceptions, three or four, Cowboys fans would be calling for a mix-up or for answers because it's unacceptable. And it would have been. But the way that Dak came out, he was 25 for 33, threw for four touchdowns, looked sensational, like you said. And I'm hearing a lot of this, like, oh, you know, the Buccaneers were awful. We got to look at it as well. Were the Buccaneers really bad or were Dallas actually very, very good and simply outclassed their opponent? And you, you can't have it both ways with, with fans going into this going, Brady, you know, 7-0 against the Cowboys. He can make it 8-0. Brady still got it. It's But it's playoff Brady and that's why they're going to win this game. And they got the, they're the home team and there's all these things going in the Bucs' favour. So as much as, yes, the Buccaneers weren't good. They were a sub-500 team coming into this season. You know, sorry, finishing the season. You know, they, they had a losing record. They only made that, you know, the playoffs because of how bad their division was. 
this is a Buccaneers team that couldn't get the run game going. So Dallas knew exactly what they had to do. And it was to get old man Brady to throw the ball 40, 50 times. And when you can plan for that, your your game script's a lot easier with the defense, especially Dan Quinn and the our defensive coordinator with, with his mind and his great defensive mind and the players that he has. He knew, he knew exactly how to utilize them in order to suffocate Brady in the pocket and in the passing game, which we did. Our cornerbacks, they were so tight. They were so good in that game. I was so impressed. And, you know, Brady, you're watching that game and he's on Brady's drive and you're like, okay, here we go. The comeback's on. Brady throws it, throws an interception, boom, there goes the momentum. So from what I've seen from the Cowboys last week and what I saw from Dak last week, going into this game, I am confident, much more confident than I would have been had you asked me this two weeks ago. If you told me where you're facing the 49ers two weeks ago, I would have gone, okay, we're a little stuck. I think the key to this one is um, is turning the ball over and us being secure with it. Like we saw the difference it made in the Seahawks game. When they turned that ball over to the 49ers, the 49ers ran with it and they ran home with it. The difference in this one is we need to try and get Brock Purdy to turn the ball over. And we've been pretty good at turning the ball over, getting teams to turn the ball over with interceptions. I mean, we've, we're ranked third in the NFL in turnover differential. So we are good. We can do it. But it's going to be a task with Purdy. And we have got to get to him early, get him under pressure, like you said, build up the mo- we got to build it up as much as we can for him. The 49ers and the teammates are going to play down the scenario. No, it's just another game. No, it ain't. This game is history. There's a lot of history in this game. Cowboys fans want this victory. We need to build it up, make sure the situation gets to him, the bright lights, prime time, and just try and, and put him under pressure. Because honestly, I'm watching Brock Purdy as a as, as a Cowboys fan, but also as a, as a football fan. And you watch that guy go to the sideline and sit down. He's got a Brady aura. I know it's early. I know it's early with him, but he, he has an aura where he looks locked in. When he makes a mistake, he's locked in, he's ready to go. And, and that kind of scares me. I won't lie. Whereas sometimes I see with Dak, it's nearly too quick. And that's what the whole talk was of Mike McCarthy. He was like, Dak Prescott was moving too quick. He was making too many decisions in that Washington game. And that's why we struggled on offense. If you watch Dak against the Buccaneers, he took his time in the pocket. He chose each and every pass so carefully. And that was what ultimately won us the game because we didn't turn the ball over. And if anything, we just found our open guys. So now saying that our offensive line was very, very good against the Buccaneers. I was impressed with how it performed. You cannot compare the Buccaneers defense to this number one ranked 49ers defense with the King on the other side, you know, Nick Bosa. I'm not even going to sit here and argue that. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you, Paul, that, that Michael Parson is is better than than Nick Bosa. Not not this season. Nick Bosa is just, he's in his prime and you can see it week in, week out. So We've got a task on our hands there. If we keep Dak upright, he keeps his head, we get away early, I think we have a chance. Yeah, and before you jump in, Andy, I just want to clarify, Scott, I've had it front of me all year that we've played no one. So it was my one opportunity <laughs> to come on and say those Buccaneers are awful. But uh, So, no, uh, to be fair, Andy, I am a fan of Parsons and my friend who is a Cowboys fan, we have ribbed him with getting that jersey. But like you said, you've spoke very well there, Scott, things you were saying. The Brock Purdy, I was a little bit sceptical of the first game. And I, I'm part of the 49 FAFL UK. And the hype train has left that station. The Brock Express, because like you said, the game against the Seahawks last week, Andy, Brock struggled. But getting him out of the pocket, he still looked good, Scott. He didn't make mistakes. He didn't do a Jimmyism. Jimmy G had a bad throw in him. And like you said, the thing with Brock, it's looking scary. How good. You look at the Dolphins, look at Andy's team. Your QB was drafted before Brock this year. Pretty sure you'd like to reverse those picks, Andy, if you had oh, that yes. choice. 
Yeah, I think if we had Brock Purdy, I think we'd have won that game. I think if we'd had, if we'd had my dad as quarterback, I think he might actually probably too strong. But I think um, actually, I said that he did all, he did all right. Actually, I will say he did okay. But I think it's that that one third and nineteen play. I think will will haunt him. I think and that's. Um, but I do think if two had played that game, we'd we'd have won that game, and I think that's not even not even in doubt. But with you know, playing next year, I don't think we're going to see Josh Allen make the same mistakes again. So I do think that was our one chance to beat the Bills in the playoffs. Um, you mentioned there Nick Bosa, Paul, of course, the offensive line, obviously the battle between the trenches. Jason Peters is currently questionable looking at the current uh, injury report. Um, so not sure what the latest is on him. Um, so in terms of that is obviously on Bob Purdy's blind side as well. Um Sorry, not uh, sorry, Dak Prescott's blind side. Um, so in terms of that, does that give you even more confidence, Paul, that your defense could potentially get to the quarterback multiple times? Nick Bosa had arguably his quietest game of the season, but King Charles stepped up, and the 49ers don't make any bones about what we are on defense. We rush the front four. We don't need to send the house. You beat the pass rush. You get after our secondary. That's what the Seahawks try to do. Lenore has been identified as a weak link, but Lenore played really well on Saturday. And I'm feeling happy, Andy, because on our show, I called a bold prediction that Lenore would have an interception. It would be against Lockett. And at the time, people laughed at me. People kept the receipts. And when Lockett, when uh, Lenore intercepted that one, I was like, see, just watch the game tape. Mooney Ward had a bad game last week, which for me was good. because I wanted him to bounce back this week. Um, Armstead and Kinlaw, have been massive over the last few weeks. You cannot underestimate what they bring to stopping that run game. Um, and and likewise, Scott, I think maybe if Dak turns the ball over a couple of times, if we're stopping your run game and mm-hmm. Dak does Dak things, which we've seen, which is yeah. is a fair critique, I, I'm going to call that we intercept Dak twice on, on Sunday night. And I think that could be the game change. I think we win the turnover battle. I just think that this defence is firing on all cylinders. Our offensive line has got better and better. I think a lot of people overlook the fact that we should have had Trey Lance on the centre. So our O-line trained all off-season for a mobile quarterback. Now, Brock Purdy isn't your mobile quarterback like your Lamar Jackson, like your Colin Kaepernick. But he can get out the pocket and you see the O-line blocking. And in Kyle Shanahan's offence, it isn't just the O-line. Go back to that Debo touchdown. Brandon Ayuk is right out in front and the block he puts on Let's Debo get in. If you don't block in Kyle Shanahan's offense, doesn't want to know. And that's why I was in the doghouse a couple of years ago. And I just think we're more dangerous on both sides of the ball. I think the Seattle first half, Seattle threw everything at us and give Seattle a credit. I didn't expect to be losing at half time. But for me, Dan Quinn versus Kyle Shanahan is an understated battle in this one. They know each other very well. But Kyle Shanahan is very good at showing you a player and then having four other options off those players. And you go and you watch the breakdown from Brian Baldinger and all the people on Twitter, Andy, and you just look, Kyle Shanahan with CMC, it's just a dangerous offence. So I'm feeling very confident. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think Vegas had the over-under at 46, which means they're looking at like a, a 24-21 victory. I don't see that. I see it being a lot more than that. And I see it being a great game for the neutral. I'm just gutted it isn't the NFC Championship game because that's what I yes. called at the start of the season <laughs> because I wanted that rivalry back. It, it's yeah. not it's not the rivalry for me. The Seahawks is my hated rivals purely because they beat us ever since I've become an NFL fan. 
God, I hate them for that reason. And the Cowboys, I have a friend who's a Cowboys fan. We watch games together, but some lads in the 49er group, this is their big rivalry because of the stuff that's happened in the past. So, yeah, I'm confident going to this game. We're healthy at the right time. I think we're only missing Thomas and Jimmy G when I look at the practice report. It's a bit difficult in the UK because it's Thursday night. And obviously, the game's not till Sunday, so I think we'll get a full picture tomorrow of whether Jason Peters will play or whether there's injuries on the line. But, yeah, mm. I'm feeling confident, Andy. And before we do go into our break, before we then go on to our predictions, um, the one thing, I mean, I'm fully aware that the regular season is a lot different to the postseason, but I mentioned before, the 49ers are the 21st best pass defence. So they're not, they're, they're, they're second best run defence, they've allowed the least points, stuff like that. So do you think that that is maybe one area where you could get to the 49ers? We saw the Seahawks at times do this in the game last weekend, and of course with... Michael Gallup now back in the in the in the mix as well as obviously CD Lamb. Um is that somewhere where you think that's the one area of weakness of the defense that maybe you could get to, especially with you know Dak Prescott and CD Lamb and Gallup, that you that could help you win this game? Yeah, no, it, it has to be. I think when you when you analyze the Cowboys and the moves that they've made, you know, there was a lot of Odell Beckham talk. We all heard it as Cowboys fans. It's all you heard for a couple of months, and it was like, Oh, I want to go to somewhere that I'm gonna win and this and that. Well, that didn't happen, but we got a great alternative in T.Y. Hilton. And what a game changer. He he, he single, not, I wouldn't say single-handedly, but he made a few huge plays that put us in a winning position against the Buccaneers. So with our, it's not just, I mean, we were talking about Ezekiel Elliott earlier, but Zeke is still a top five uh, running back in terms of touchdowns in the regular season. You know, he's got 12 on the year. He can punch it in. So I think in the passing game as well, that's when Tony Pollard comes alive. You know, you're throwing screens to him or whatever it might be. So the passing game needs to be on its A plus for us. And we need Dak to be consistent. Dak is tied for the most interceptions in the lead with Davis Mills. That's that's not good. You know, you, you can't be throwing 15 interceptions and on the regular season and, and go up against this 49ers defense and throw three. So I understand the, the prediction for the interception there, Paul. The, the stat would go, would lean that way. But um, I think coming off that, Dak has all the confidence in the world right now, judging by how he played and how great great he really was. So I'm excited to see what he can do and, and, and go out there and win this game. Dalton Schultz also needs to be mentioned. Two touchdowns for him in the last game. He's turned into a very, very reliable option and has been for a number of years. So I think the passing game is where this game is going to be won. And I think Dallas do have the weapons to do it, just like the 49ers do. But I... I think the difference in this game and what it's going to come down to is a rookie quarterback versus a veteran quarterback versus a veteran quarterback who's been here before and heartbreak last year with what happened with that QB draw, awful timing. It was a mess. I feel we're more, how do we even say, we're just more settled is what I'd say the quarterback position. And that is the only, the only weak spot. And it's not even a weak spot on this 49ers team, but the, but the only question mark that I even have is Brock Purdy. Whereas in the Cowboys team, I feel confident all rounds. You know, I, I I do. I feel good about all the pieces that are there. If they can perform at that high level, we need to see. But I, I, I think the Cowboys can do this. Okay, and we'll find out after the break what these two think will happen in the game. Welcome back. I'm still here with sports journalist Scott McCabe and 49ers, youth, 49ers faithful UK's Paul Hope. Uh, before we do give our predictions, I want to hit you guys with a fact today. I was, I was very lucky to be a guest on the Sam Moore's podcast this week, and he hit me with a very good fact that um, I found very interesting. So, obviously, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round quarterback. Purdy, as everyone knows, was the last pick in this year's draft. 
So the average draft pick of the AFC quarterbacks left in the playoffs is fifth overall. The average draft position of the NFC quarterbacks is 114th. Whoa. Now, it's, I mean, I, I don't know whether he was including the ones that got knocked out, but I think you look at like, you know, Mahomes was 10th overall, Burrow, Lawrence, number one, Allen, number seven. And obviously with the NFC, you've got, obviously you mentioned Purdy and Dak, um, Jane Hurts with, was he, he was first round, was he second round for it? I can't think where he was now, Jane Hurts. And the fourth one is named, who's the fourth quarterback in this NFC? Who am I missing? Um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, yeah, he was he was sixth overall. So it's I found it very interesting the the difference in level of quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. everyone knows the AFC's got the quarterbacks that you know, everyone knows the level of those quarterbacks. I think that definitely definitely shows a slight difference in um I won't say quality because they're all very good quarterbacks at this level, but um, you know, maybe the pre-draft hype is definitely more so with these with these AFC quarterbacks. It's funny, all that's like you know, with when you look at it with those stats and everything, but personally, from from my view, I think I think the NFC is stronger in this. I, I really yeah. do. I, I I do. I I think these teams. You look at the Giants; they're such a ground and pound team. They play hard football. That's a different game we can get onto at some point. But um, no, I I, I do. I like the I like the talent on the on the. I think an NFC team is going to win the Super Bowl. I really do. Ooh, um, uh, yeah, I I do like the Chiefs to win it. I did pick them at the start of the year, but. I think the Chiefs will make it. Uh, now I'm just going Super Bowl predictions. This was supposed to be game <laughs> predictions, but um, you know, I like the I like the Chiefs to go the distance. Uh, but from the NFC, I just think there's there's a lot of good good solid teams in the NFC, and you have to look at the NFC East as well as a division. I mean, you've three teams in there in this stage of the playoffs, like the divisional rounds. That is nearly unheard of. Like so, credit to the NFC. I think you got to give it there. But that is quite a crazy stat. Thanks for that. I like that. Well, don't thank me. Thank Sam Moles. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I think the episode. I'm guessing it's out now. It might be out by the time this podcast is released. But yeah, it's, uh, I had a chat with him about the last round and the current round and future on. But yeah, that stat I found very, very, very fascinating. But we are now. It's time for the final part of the podcast, which is our prediction episode or prediction part of the episode. So we're going to give both fans a chance to predict their who they who they think is going to win, and then I'll give my stake afterwards. Um, so Paul, back to you first. Um, who's going to win this game? Be no surprise to anybody listening. <laughs> calling the Forty Niners win. Now you're in luck tonight, Andy, because we're recording the Forty Nine Faithful UK pod straight after this. So I'm going to be allowed to give out the information because normally they say I don't give it out until it's an hour pod. Now I'm going for a Forty Niners to win, thirty-eight to twenty-four. I believe, as I said earlier, Dak Prescott with two interceptions. I think Bosa gets two sacks. I think we see a big game for Brandon Ayuk this week. I think Brock and Ayuk is understated. I mean, if he'd pulled that one in last week, that would have been the catch of the year for me. So two touchdowns for Ayuk. And like I said, I think it's going to be 38 to 24. And my controversy is that the Cowboys points come in garbage time. So like I said, I don't think Vegas have got this right with the over-under. I think it's going to be a good game, good game for the neutral. And that's where I hang my hat, which is probably no surprise. Scott's going to totally say... The opposite to what I've just said. <laughs> well, it's I'm very, very confident, very confident now. I'm liking that, Paul. Um, and just before I do, before I forget as well, of course, this podcast will probably be released way after your podcast is released because we are moving to a new feed. Um, sadly, Say It Again Network are closing down their services, so we are going to move to our own platform. 
So all the podcasts are in the moment being transferred over to, to the new feed. And once that is done, we can then start putting out. We've done the Giants Eagles already. That's not been released yet. So we'll get that out as soon as the new feed's done. And then when that's out, we'll then also get out this one as well. So if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube and not on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, do check out our Twitter because they will have all the new feed details on there for you. So Scott, over to you for your prediction. Who's going to win this game and why? Yeah, you're right. I'm going to completely disagree with you, Paul. I'm sorry, man. Now, <laughs> look, what do you say to start? You got to have faith in your team. I have faith in my team. I'm going to go with a 28 to 21 Cowboys victory. I believe this one will be high scoring. I believe there will be a touchdown in it, though. Not a field goal, not like a, a two point or something. I think the Cowboys will pull away this time. The Seahawks, they came into gear, you could say, in the third and fourth quarter. I think the Cowboys pull away in the third and fourth quarter, in my opinion. I think it's a slow start. Nerves, maybe Brock and Dak. Let's not act like the nerves won't get to Dak either. It's a big occasion, potentially biggest of his career. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys 28-21 victory. I think they're going to win this one. I think the key is intercepting Purdy. So I'm going to say Purdy interception. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to say we get to him as well. Micah Parsons sack. I'm also going to say that Dalton Schultz gets a touchdown. Um, and I think that will... Because you're going to look at the Cowboys and the, the, the 49ers. When I look at Telenoia Hufanga and the safety that they have there and Fred Warner, I mean, these names are so, so good. And they've been so good all season that CD, the, the potential of CD having a big breakout game, it's tough with these 49ers cornerbacks because they are good. And the secondary, it's, it's decent. So I think a, a sneaky Dalton Schultz where he's maybe blocking on a play, but then sneaks off into the corner. I could see that. Also, we saw Marcus Mariota rush for two touchdowns when the Falcons did beat the 49ers the last time. So I'm going to say Dak Prescott gets a QB sneak somewhere in there. I, I wouldn't surprise me. So I'm going to say Dak gets a touchdown. Dalton Schultz gets a touchdown. Cowboys win it 28-21. And we go on to the NFC Championship. Okay. Now, for my prediction, I'm going to actually use props. So I'm just going to turn my camera off and just get our props ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds intriguing. I hope it's a cowboy hat. <laughs> right. You need to drum roll or something. This here, is this is some anticipation right now. This is like being fourth and one, and they get and the like, audio cuts off or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, buffers. <laughs> I've got some props. So, do I go for the Cowboys or do I go for the 49ers? Now, I've got nothing that represents Bridge. So, the best thing I've got is my Steph Curry book, and then I've also got a cowboy. Well, it's like a hat. It looks like a cowboy hat. I got there we that. go. So that's why I'm telling you, for the, everyone, anyone who's watching on YouTube, who I think is going to win. Now, I actually think, contrary to you two, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game because I think it's not going to be about Dak and Brock Purdy. For me, it's going to be a the story of the game. is going to be Micah Parsons versus Nick Bosa. I think it's going to be both quarterbacks. I think they're going to struggle in this game. I can see Brock Purdy getting it, letting the occasion get to him. And I think Dak Prescott, you know, he, as good as he was last week, I can see him struggling once again in the big game. So I think... It's going to be a very low-scoring defensive shootout from both teams. I think it's going to be, yeah, both basically Micah Parsons, both are going to steal the limelight in this game. So I'm going to go for a scoreline of hmm, maybe a, a 14 to 10 win for one of these teams. I think it's going to be wow. exciting, tense, but I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Now, am I going to put on the cowboy hat or am I going to put on, or am I going to show you the Steph Curry book? So the winner is. It's going to be the 49ers. They're going to get the win in this game. I think it will be, I can see easily being a defensive touchdown that wins a game or something like that, or maybe a pick six that seals the game or a 
even just an interception that you know seals the game and they kneel down and that's it. So I think I don't think I think there'll be more exciting games. I think the other ones. I think this one will be exciting for how tense it'll be, but I don't think it'll be in any way for me. In my opinion, a high scoring game. So, um, but looking forward to it though. I mean, I um I do start a new job on Monday, so I'm gonna have to try and find a way to watch it. It's an hour commute, so I can watch the first half on Game Pass before the game before I leave, and I can then watch it on the train. But um, looking forward to it, like all the games, and it is on at half eleven. No, half eleven in the UK, and then it's um, I think it's six thirty Eastern as well for all you American listeners. So I'm um, looking forward to it very much. Uh, before we do go, actually, it's been some news today in the NFL UK world. They've announced the three home teams um, in the UK as well as the two German teams. So the two German teams are the Chiefs. And the Patriots, they're the two teams playing in Germany. And then the three home teams in the UK are the Bills and the Titans in the Tottenham Stadium, which I'm looking forward to very much because I'm a big Derrick Henry fan. And then the Jags doing their annual game at Wembley. Now, this is where you two come in. I can see Paul, <laughs> on the, all your audio listeners, he is crossing his fingers because the 49ers do play away to the Jags next season. And then the Cowboys, they play away to the Bills. Um, so... Are we you confident of your team playing in London this year? Paul, um, you've been talking about it a lot on Twitter and to me on private message. Um, do you think this year, I mean, it's not been, I think it's been 10 years since you guys last played in um, in London. So do you think this year could be the year that you guys return to, um, to London in the UK? So for clarity, Scott, the 49ers have been working very closely with us, the 49ers FFL UK. We mm-hmm. had our first official watch party this season okay. in Leeds for the Falcons game. Um, we had five members out at Levi Stadium last weekend, free of charge. 49ers paid for their tickets. Obviously, you had to pay for their own travel. Yeah, yeah. But we're working closely with them. It makes okay. sense, Andy. The 49ers have got the UK marketing rights. They wouldn't have to give up a home game and they get to play at Wembley Stadium. It's 10 years since we played the Jags. And then I believe that sets us up nicely to play as the home team the year after. Because why give them the international marketing rights? You saw it with Germany, the Chiefs. Yeah. So that's why I've got my fingers crossed, because we've already been assured that if the 49ers come over as a group, the 49ers will work closer with us to get a group allocation of tickets. So we'll all be sat together. So the meet-up at an international game in London would be unreal. You'll see a lot of those flags for the people on YouTube being flown. <laughs> We're very excited. So, yeah, I run the social media for 49 FA for UK. I finished work at half 12 today and opened my phone to a load of notifications. And I was quickly on Twitter tweeting them out. I mean, to be honest, I tweeted it last week, Scott, the whole London baby is a bit of a joke. And loads of people started messaging me for tickets as if I'd broke the news. I was like, I don't work the NFL yet. It's just something I'm hoping for. But, yeah, we, we, we're hopeful, obviously, being the Jags road team. And equally, my friend who's a Cowboys fan, has texted me the same, and I'm in a group chat with him and a Titans fan. So we're saying, how awesome will it be if all three of our teams are playing at London this year? So it just shows the excitement the NFL have got in the UK. They drop a tweet like that, and all of us are like, our mm. team's coming across, and you're looking at hotels and travel plans. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful, Andy. Yeah, and of course, it could be that their home games include the Titans, which obviously won't be this one, but they could play the Colts, could play... The uh, the, um, the Baltimore Ravens, the Atlanta Falcons, the Bengals, the Panthers, the Chiefs, and the 49ers. And it's very similar, actually, for the Titans. I mean, they could play basically any of those teams, as well as maybe the Chargers or the Seahawks. But, of course, the Bills, their teams could be the Dallas Cowboys, the Rams, the Broncos, Giants, Jags, which obviously won't be the case, Buccaneers, Jets, England, and hopefully, 
the, the Dolphins as well. Um, you had, I think it's been 2014 since you guys last played in London, if I'm right in saying that. Um, it's been a long time since you know you guys have played in London. Um, do you think that this year could be the year they return to um, UK soil? The Cowboys? Yes. Yeah, I am going to... I'd love them to. I'd love to go and see them. But I think you look at the Cowboys and it's not just me pulling random stat out of the air. They are the biggest sporting organization in the world, the biggest sporting franchise in the world. I think if they're going to go, <laughs> I think they're going to go to London. They're going to gonna go as the home team. And they have so much support globally that I think they would be the home team if they were going to go. Now, look, if they're the away team, you're looking at ticket sales and, and selling out. Look, the London games are great. They sell out all the time. But talk about generating hype of two juggernaut teams going up against each other, the Bills and the Cowboys. What a game. That That's going to be a great game anyway. You throw that in London. Oh, my gosh. Like, phenomenal. But I'm not I'm not too optimistic. I think it, it could. I don't, I don't think it would be the Cowboys, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think it would definitely bring the thing. We saw the Packers last or this season, but last year we saw how in demand that was because they not played before. And I do think that if you had to really good fan bases in the in the you know the Bills and the Cowboys. I think that would be like trying to get tickets for Glastonbury. It would be that hard. And I do think that it will be a tough ask. I mean, I had a David on, David Kaposh, who I met in Detroit, a big Bills fan. And I know I made a few friends who are big Bills fans who are from Buffalo. And I'm hoping as many of them can come down as possible because it'll be a nice thing for myself to see to see them in London. And I think that the Bills Mafia will travel strong. I think it's been a long time since they played in London. I think 2016 was the last time they played in London against the Jags. So I think the Bills Mafia are going to really, and I think it'll be their first game at home as well in London. So I think it's going to be, I think that will be the best game just for atmosphere. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be quite the party. Um, I don't think the Titans are that well followed in the UK. So I think the Bills are going to be, are going to bring a big UK group. I think they're also going to bring a lot of, Buffalo natives and Buffalo fans over to London. I think it's going to be once again a you know a good year, but another year of trying to get tickets, which I've always had been fortunate enough to get tickets for. But you know, at some point, my luck's going to run out, and I think that it's going to be another year where it's going to be like trying to get a golden ticket to get tickets there. But um, keep the faith, keep the faith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that is all to come in future episodes and future months. If they haven't even announced which teams they're playing yet, or even what dates these games are, so. I think that whatever we look at, I think will be a good a good week, and when you find out who plays who. But that is the conclusion of our second divisional round game preview. So first of all, thank you, Scott, and thank you, Paul, for coming on today. Appreciate it, big time. Thanks for having me. Great, great fun. Looking forward to seeing the the outcomes of this and how wrong I was in my predictions. They're going to win, but maybe we're just not with that score. You know? <laughs> and yeah, thanks for having, having me on, Andy. Oh no problem, Paul, <laughs> mate. And we'll have one of you on, of course, next week to find mm-hmm. out. Who's going to make it on next week? Watch the game on Sunday on Sky Sports at half 11 p.m. So I've been Andy. This has been Scott and Paul, and we will see you guys next time.